Usually in the same time zone. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yet it's still yep. really late somehow. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. The past week has you know, nothing has gone according to any plan that I had. Mm-mm. Nope. It has been one of those uh, uh, life tossing you lemons by the bucket type of weeks. Yep. So sorry. It's good. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, laying over there? As settled in as I could possibly be. There's a lot of um, variables with today, meaning um, there's a seven-year-old and six-year-old who... Um, May pop in at any moment because they're still not asleep. They should be, but they're not. They're not. So okay. just hoping they do not disturb because I can just imagine any minute now. Um, what are you doing? Wow. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what the, the night brings us. I, too, am in a just somewhat different setting. This is uh cold and rainy here in Southern California okay. and um, so I did not want to go sit in my car because it's <laughs> ch- ch- chilly so I am hoping that I'm recording okay here in my dining room and you may hear the whining of a certain dog possible meowing of a particular cat okay. so and you will also hear me eating because I've been emotionally eating so sorry I'm eating some cheese it's right now wow sorry. like so crunchy food you've chose mm-hmm. for the podcast right uh-huh. that just like wow. that wow wow um, okay. what I said that I would never do but but we're just gonna screw it yeah oh okay all right <laughs> wow okay uh very good <laughs> you know yogurt something quite no just crunchy cheese it no yeah, ice okay. cream, ice cream, no ice cream. I don't like ice cream. Mm. Um, okay, cupcakes, cupcakes are quiet, quiet. They're good comfort, comforting. They're no cupcakes here. Oh, they're just cheese. They're cookies and and cheeses. But I wanted cheese it. Wow. And unbaked brownies that I haven't made because here as in Arizona, that's where I am. <laughs> that's right. Same time zone, but still not the same state. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Close, close, but no cigar. Close, close, but no cigar. Aww. So let's just get this thing going. 
just barely hanging on. Barely hanging on. Yeah. All right. And I'm kept falling asleep too. Oh, well, okay. that's why I called you. I'm just like, um, are we gonna do this? Cause um, I'm tired. Oh. <laughs> I keep falling asleep. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. newsworthy. Two stories in the news. One is uh, of the moment, and one is kind of ongoing from last week. Um, So um, this out of the L.A. Times um, today, um, the, um, as I'm sure you've heard, the Austin bomber, um, who um, has been found out um, to have had a list of targets, um, made a confession video, and but his motive remains a mystery. So you know about this already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So this guy, um, twenty-three years old, uh, Connor Condit. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm missing like my, my pages are all out of order for some reason. Um, was um, discovered to be the person behind. Uh, the multiple multiple bombings and or bombing attempts throughout the mm-hmm. city of Austin over the course of the last few weeks. And um, it's basically after hundreds of investigators swarmed Austin in recent days to stop the bomber, it was a combination of high-tech surveillance and old-fashioned shoe leather investigating that led mm-hmm. inv- officials to... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, his name is Mark Anthony Condit. I don't know where I got Connor. He looks like a Connor. Uh, (laughs) Mark Anthony Condit, 23 years old, who apparently has, um, they're, you know, they're starting to do some background checking on this guy. And there's no, um, at least for so far, it doesn't seem like they've found anything that would indicate why even the confession video that he left on his phone um, it says does not at all mention anything about terrorism. It doesn't mention anything about um, hate or like hate group type stuff. Um, and um, apparently he was just having like a hard time. Uh, so, but it doesn't, it's very strange. Like the, it's not adding up to, oh, this is not that there's a good reason to go around bombing uh, randomly, you know, sending out packages and uh, bombing um, innocent people for any reason, um, but it is a very, very strange that there doesn't seem, at least right now, to be anything in um, any of the things that they've found of his that indicate mm-hmm. why um, or like what motive he may have had. Um, says a series of bombs used similar components that made it easy for officials to link the devices. So he had like ordered like different these unusual batteries that were apparently purchased <laughs> online from Asia. Um, he used uh, nails as uh, shrapnel uh, within the bombs. Um, and then, um, but the mistake, um, law enforcement says that the fatal mistake that he made was that he was, although he'd been pretty good about evading surveillance cameras, um, when he walked into one Home Depot, um, he was caught on camera, although, and he had on like some sort of wig, um, but he was caught on video, surveillance video walking in then walking back to a vehicle where the license plate was caught on the on the surveillance video and that license plate was connected to his name and then from there um 
everything else just kind of fell into place. They ultimately found the cell phone number that was linked to him and had been off, like when they went to go, you know, find it. Um, and then, um, but apparently at some point he turned it on. And once they, he turned on that, that phone number, um, they were able to track him down right away. So it, it does seem like something out of a, you know, uh, police, um, you know, um, TV show or something, you know, where they're like waiting for this line to come on or become live and it does. And that somehow ends up, uh, ensue, you know, the, the chase ensues from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it says, um, officials described a harrowing scene at the end of the chase after Austin police forced Condit off the road to prevent him from getting on a freeway, officers surrounded the vehicle, banged on the windows, which seems like it was probably not a good idea. And that's at that point that he set off a blast that sent officers flying backwards. One officer suffered non-life-threatening injuries. So I guess no officers died in that um, exchange. Um, and, um, and obviously he killed himself in the process. Um, and, and then actually, one of the things says that an officer also fired a gunshot at the vehicle, mm-hmm. but they weren't clear on whether that was before or after the explosion, and whether it was the blast or the gunshot, which was the actual thing that killed him. Um, so that seems sort of oddly ambiguous. Um, so it says officials discovered a bomb-making room in Condit's home in Austin, the, in the suburb of Pflugerville, spelled Pflugerville, and um, they still haven't offered any theories for why Condit embarked on a bombing campaign that left two dead, four injured, and ent- an entire city unnerved. Um, they discovered at least one chilling piece of evidence after the hunt was over, which um, is this target list that he had with additional addresses that they believe were going to be future targets. Officials said they don't know how or why Condit chose his targets. Um, If we had not found this man, there would have been more devices, more innocent civilians would have been hurt and been killed. Investigators detained and questioned two of Condit's roommates um, as officials sought to determine whether he'd had any help in the string of bombings. But so far, there doesn't seem, he seems to have just been acting on his own. and then it says, um, you know, they're trying to paint a portrait of this guy. Um, you know, he's uh, a portrait's emerged that um, that he's an introverted Christian conservative who's been homeschooled. He worked at a manufacturing company um, up until recently when he was fired last year. Um, but nothing's really known about what's happened in his life. After that, like apparently up until a year ago, he was working for this manufacturing company and now this. So there's not real like a lot of information in terms of like what's happened in between that could have suddenly changed. His family's totally devastated. They had no idea that any of this was going on. He was not living at home anymore. He'd recently bought a home um, and was living on his own. Um, And... You know, so it's, a, you know, one of the um, detectives um, 
was quoted as saying, you know, the family's having a difficult time, of course. It's understandable with everything they've had to deal with. This is certainly a shock to the conscience. They're taking it in stride. They're having a difficult time as well, which should be expected. Um, so um, the, the mom's Facebook page um, has an old post from 2013 where she posted like a picture of him which oddly enough this is one of those annoying media things a couple of annoying media things with this story one is that they're circulating this picture of him that was from five years ago like when he graduated from high school yeah and that's the only thing I have to say about this because it's just so annoying but again like the media and again how they choose to um portray like white perpetrators mm-hmm. versus black victims like black victims get mug shots and mm-hmm. menacing pictures mm-hmm. while this guy who's in his early 20s has like this high school picture of him that he no longer looks like like he does not look like that anymore like the pictures they've been showing of like what he really looks like what he looked like more totally recently, different totally yep. different um, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I always think of like the, was it Brock Turner, the guy, the rapist, mm-hmm. and like how yes. they show like the nice little clean cut, like mm-hmm. college picture, and it's like, come on. Yeah. So that's just been the most annoying thing. Like he makes him look like sweet and innocent and like, you know, a troubled young man kind of thing instead of a domestic terrorist kill right. lots of people but go on absolutely even the statement that they released or the statement from um the police chief austin police chief brian manley now mind you this is the police chief of the city that has been, been terrorizing hostage terrorizing yeah, your basically city. your city's been held hostage and terrorized by this guy and all you have to say is um instead um uh, with regard to the confession video, he says he does not at all mention anything about terrorism or anything about hate. Instead, it is the outcry of a very challenged young man talking about challenges in his personal life that led him to this point. And no. it, just seems, no. it seems like, like I'm having I mean, a challenging time in my life. I'm right. Not go <laughs> and just bomb people like that's no, that's that's not an appropriate response right. to having challenging times. It's not an appropriate response. And again, even if that is true, like even if that is a, an accurate depiction of what was stated in the video, it's anybody else who, didn't, who doesn't look like this young man, that would be discounted at face value and he would just be called a deranged psycho who was mm-hmm. you know, unleashing terror on the city. Um, so that's really the issue is the disparity between the approaches to different um, uh, criminals. Uh, yeah, and I would <laughs> just say, like I said, like black victims get treated yeah. worse than yeah criminals, white criminals. But no, like there's even like I was looking at CNN and because I guess the Washington Post. Um, had an article um, about um, the headline was um, Austin Bomber challenged young man or terrorist and this whole CNN article it's not a it's an opinion piece but it's like it's too early well most news is 
early to say whether troubled young man is the wrong term for Austin Bomber. No, it's not. And they're like, it's no, it's just... not. And it's definitely not too soon to call him a terrorist. No, right? Like, so, like, like, you can debate whether whatever. No, like... do not come in here. Oh, is that? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm, I'm taping a podcast. This is terrific. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we warned you. It's going to be a different night. And it's not even the kids. It's my cousin. It's their I mom. I love it. Yeah. We're shooting adults away. This yeah, is where we. This is, like, is where we are at this point. Out of here, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, at the end, anyway, of this article, it says, um, "As some things just aren't so black and white, and they're like it's just a complex and blah blah blah." I'm like, no, he's he's a terrorist. So yeah, yeah. like I mean, my thing. I just feel like my thing is, let's call him what he is, which is a domestic terrorist. And then if you want to just go all into, you know, the why and the whatever, like, that's fine. But, like, at the end of the day, regardless of why he did this, whether there's a, a, you know, you come to some conclusion or whether you still end up in square one, which is, like, we really have no idea. Like, Mm -hmm. he's still a terrorist regardless of where you land. He literally Um, terrorized the city of Austin. Literally. I mean, bombing. Yeah, for a while. (laughs) Yeah, for a, for a good long while, and as I said, um, as this article says, and as I noted just a moment ago, like, there's there's two people who lost their lives, um, several people that have been injured, and an entire city that's been um, on edge um, and completely unnerved for several days. And apparently he was not done, because again, he has a whole um, list, a whole list um, that was up for grabs and would have continued had they not had that surveillance tape from the home video that led to the license plate that led to the phone, the name and the phone and all of that. So, um, you know, thankfully the investigation yielded some, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, pieces of evidence that led them to him quicker than he could continue. Um, But yeah, altogether, there's a map um, in this LA times article that shows the progress it's basically been going i you know i don't think i even understand understood the scope of it until i saw this um the first mm-hmm. attack is um listed as march 2nd then two more on march 12th another on march 19th another on march 20th and then finally yesterday the incident with him um you know blowing up um himself and in the in the vehicle that they caught him in so hello buzzer um (laughs) so um you know we i know it's 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 terrible and it's you know and it's it's very sad that um that this is you know for the families who've been um directly affected by the loss of life in this in this um series of um events and then also um for his family obviously who just i mean from what it seems like with the interviews that they've had with the family um and again like his mom's facebook post from 2013 with the like the the picture that they've been using which is totally inaccurate um you know he was just graduated from high school five years ago and you know 
at that time, and it seems even up until now, the family had no indication that there was anything, any reason to um, be concerned. Um, he was graduating from college. I mean, graduating from high school, had some college credits under his belt. Um, there was talk of him possibly going on a mission trip of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there really is, you know, the family just seems to be of your average, just, you know, Texas mm-hmm. family, church going, homeschooling, you know. Right. So it's very sad. Um, and, um, but, the only, you know, the only uh, good thing is that they've actually caught him um, again before he did any more damage. Right. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's the Austin bomber. Um, and our, our wonderful media's bad sense of, um, journalistic integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What's up? So, so up next, um, ongoing from, um, for over like the course of the last like couple of weeks and, um, still developing the whole uh, Russian spy controversy in Britain. Um, so you know about the poisoning, right? Mm, no, remind me. Okay, so um, this actually starts back, um, I'm, and this is an article out of um, the Telegraph, a UK uh, publication. Um, so the Russian government has been blamed for the attack on, um, former military intelligence officer turned M6, MI6 agent, um, and who was exchanged in a spy swap and moved to Britain back in 2010. So the, the gentleman in question who was a spy is, again, with my notes, I know it's Colonel. Not my dog. Um, he has a weird last name. Skirball. Skirball. Skirball is not weird. We know Skirball. No, it's like, it's, here's the thing. Here's how it's spelled. S-K-R-I-P-A-L. Skripal? Skripal. Colonel Skripal. I know. Okay, let's go with Skripal. Colonel Skripal and his daughter, his daughter, Julia, um, which is spelled with a Y, but I'm assuming it's pronounced with like a J, like a regular. So this is the guy. What? Are they like Russian? Yes. Okay. You know what I mean? So like if Mm -hmm. in Russian, like it's a, it's otherwise more, it's kind of a J. So, um, so the Russian government, um, has been blamed for the attack on this this guy. So what happens is he was, um, him and his daughter were in a bar in Britain. Again, they've been relocated to Britain as of 2010 because they did a, an exchange, like a spy swap um, so for some, you know, this guy who was working as an MI6 agent mm-hmm. um, was traded back to the uh, British government for some, I'm assuming, Russian spies that the Russian, you know, that they wanted back or whatever, you know. So that was mm-hmm. eight years ago. But all of a sudden, um, they have um, attacked Sergei Skripal and his daughter, Julia, um, 
with a, uh, a chemical weapon. And so they were at a bar in um, Salisbury. Salisbury. Yeah, Salisbury. Mm-hmm. Um, when, um, when they both simultaneously, like, started having, like, you know, a physical, like, manifestation of chemical we- weapon um, that was used against them. Um, and they're not really, at this point, even sure how um, it was transferred to them. Um, yeah. So crazy, right? It's like a real live episode of The Americans. Oh, gosh, which I never really watched. Oh, my gosh. The Americans is great. And there's a, they're about to start a new season. I know. Um, I, um, I love, <sighs> sorry. I love, you know, Carrie Russell. I think she's yeah. like actually dating the guy on the show, I think. Oh, I really? Remember. I think so. I want to say so. And I watched like a couple of episodes before you kind of knew that they were spies or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, okay, this is good, but you know, I have, I watched too many shows, I couldn't commit, so I just had to. Man, it's so good, and now, I mean, at the fa- the thing, it's so good that I actually, because you know, it's on Amazon, um, well, it's on FX, but you can get it on Amazon, mm-hmm. and um, I started watching it when it was just, you know, the ones that were already on Amazon Prime, like, you know, part of my membership. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I went through those, and then I was out of them. And so for the first, when I first ran out of them, I went ahead and waited for the next season. But then, like, it only comes out once a year. So then, like, you know, by the time it came out like, the second time, I couldn't, like, wait. I went ahead and bought the season. It's a problem. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Clearly. Um, so the thing that's in the news today or yeah, right now about this is the fact that one, okay, so they have, they're not dead, but they're in very critical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, the scribbles may have suffered permanent brain damage and their condition could rapidly, rapidly deteriorate at any moment. Um, and so, um, and that even the two police officers who initially, um, came to the scene also had some side effects from just exposure to wow whatever they use whatever it is they use yeah so it yeah. seems like they're doing they're they only had minimal effects and it seems like they're both going to be fine um the two um british um uh detectives okay. but um but you know just that's how bad it was so what happened this week is that um a high court judge gave doctors permission to take blood samples from the pair while they're still alive so that tests can be carried out by chemical weapons experts. Oh, good. Yeah. So the evidence is that samples taken from living individuals are more sci- have more scientific value than most um, post-mortem samples. Okay, because I know, like, yeah, like, they take samples, like, when people pass away, but okay, so this would yeah. be the best thing to do. Right, exactly. So they had to kind of, they had to take it to the high court and the doctors had to take it to high court to get the permission um, because they don't, they're unable to give consent at this point. Um, Mm. The the two patients, the, um, the, uh, the, the father, uh, Colonel Skripal is completely unresponsive, uncommunicative Mm. and his daughter, um, 
cannot communicate in any meaningful way. So clearly could not like give consent. Right. Um, and there's not a single relative that has sought information from the hospital about their condition since they've been admitted almost three weeks ago. Um, so meaning that the judge was unable to consult any family either about like, you know, getting like third party permission or, you know, consent. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, who's, I mean, I'm sure it sounds like, I mean, if they were, um, originally in Russia, like in, what it was is that the daughter had actually gone back. She wasn't a spy. So there's also a question as to like, whether even she was meant to be a target or if it was just like, well, if we're going to get him, she's going to have to be, she's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, affected and a well kind of a thing. But she had been on a trip to Russia and returned. Um, and so they're still trying to figure out like, did, did they, um, how did it, how did it get there? It says um, inspectors arrived in the UK earlier this week and will now collect fresh blood samples from the Scripples in order to conduct their own analysis about the use of nerve agents and confirm the results of tests already undertaken by UK experts from Portland down. And on Thursday, um, they visited Colonel Scripple's home, which has been cordoned off by police since the attack. They took swabs of door handles inside and outside the house, along with swabs from a keyboard and other objects. They also visited the mill, which is the pub where the Scripple's enjoyed a streak shortly before they mm-hmm. collapsed. And the Porton Down Chemical Weapons Research Center to take samples of the nerve agent that gathered, was gathered by police from locations in Salisbury in order to carry out their own analysis. They're trying to establish basically whether the nerve agent, which left the Scripples fighting for their lives, was inserted into Colonel Scripples car or unwittingly brought from Russia to Britain by Julia in her suitcase, possibly secreted in a present or item of clothing. So hmm. it's all like super sinister, super espionage. Okay, this like makes things make more sense to me because there's a picture on floating around on the internet of like Putin sitting around with like two other world leaders and they're kind of like when nobody wants to like drink the coffee <laughs> or the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, talk about. I mean, bring your own bottle, bring your own, like, what? remember, it's like um, Harry Potter and, um, mm-hmm. you know, drink from your own flask, Mad-Eye Moody. Um, so, question, so you were saying that the officers were affected, right, by the nerve gas? Yes. So no one else in the pub was affected? Like, that was like, uh, no, what a downer. Like, right, like, it's, <laughs> it seems like, yeah, definitely, if you were getting your buzz on at this pub this day, you were quickly brought back to reality um this um it seems like it was something on contact and so the idea Mm. being that it like they said if it was something that that was in the car that they had on their person that just took a minute to activate if it was in the lining of their clothing like it was something that was uh touch based not Mm -hmm. airborne necessarily and so because the first two officers probably didn't you know, know that they were dealing with a nerve agent or a chemical weapon of any sort, maybe put laid hands on either or the both of them, you know, um, mm-hmm. to try to help or to, you know, that that's how they, that it was a contact issue. Um, so it says um, he's, the officers reported to have come into contact with an object that possibly 
had secondary contamination from the nerve agent that was used to target the script balls nearly three weeks ago. Mm. So, um, so basically, but again, they were not as um, adversely affected. It says that they've developed minor symptoms, including skin irritation. They're receiving treatment as outpatients at South Radiator Hospital. So they're not even admitted into the hospital. Um, but obviously, um, this uh, father and daughter um, pair are, um, you know, it doesn't really seem just from what they're saying about them that they're even really expected to survive this. Um, but the, um, the one upside of the fact that they are still, um, at this point at least, alive is, like I said earlier, you know, being able to get blood samples from someone um, before they pass away may actually help them better understand um, what type of chemical weapons that they're dealing with. So, yeah, so international espionage, uh, domestic terrorism, we've got it all here this week is all I'm saying. Uh, Wow, and now for me to follow up all of that intrigue and <laughs> intrigue with yes. pure tomfoolery. Tomfoolery, bring it on. I yeah. say we need some more of that with all this um yeah insanity. So I kind of the viral vox, I kinda labeled this keeping up with the Norwoods. Um uh, okay. of Ray J's um Kim Kardashian <laughs> connection. Um but okay, so oh, the Lord. Norwoods, in case you don't know, consists of Brandy who we love her um, mm-hmm. musical um, legacy. Um, Ray so J, talented. her brother, she's so talented. Um, Ray J, her talent, equally talented, but just misguided brother. Um, misguided. And their mother, who is um, just a whole lot. Anyway, so. I don't know anything about their mother. Oh, she doesn't have a great reputation. Oh, yeah. kind of a stage stage mom type of thing? Yeah, she was like their manager for like, okay. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Ray J um, uh-huh. had a wife. Um, oh, they were okay. featured on some reality show. I think Love and Hip Hop Los Angeles. Doesn't matter. And his wife, Princess Love. Mm. I don't know if that is her real name, but it doesn't sound like a real name. Um, so anyway, uh-uh. Ray J and his wife, are, Princess Love, are expecting a baby. But there's okay. some little dramas um, surrounding um, Brandy and her mother, Sonia, not attending the baby shower. So p- apparently it was because Brandy and her mom were upset about some online shade. It's a mm. firebox isn't the online shade, but I just want to give you a little background before we get to what okay. the shade was. So the other shade. So apparently Princess oh, so Love recently yeah, tweeted some cryptic messages about cheating and about not staying in a relationship just because you have a baby with someone. So Brandy and her mom got big mad about that because they felt that um, <laughs> big she mad. was shading their dear brother and son and that um, they demanded that she apologize to Ray J for putting that on social media. So. 
Okay. Now, is he, is, was that what it was? Like, was she referencing him cheating on her? I think, you know, like, I think so. Okay. But I don't, I'm not sure. Um, cause I don't follow their relationship that closely. So I don't okay. know. Right. No, nor um, should you. Nor should you. No. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I do follow Brandy. So that's why I saw this. Okay. So, like I said, they were mad and they demanded she apologize to Ray J for, like, you know, putting that out there. And so, Princess Love told them that they need to mind their own business. Mm. And she made sure to add a little bit more shade while they talking about she um, shaded Ray J. She told them that they, they can't keep their own relationships together. So, they need oh. to mind their business. Right. Oh. And so. <laughs> okay. So, they apparently didn't attend the baby shower and um everyone's sources sources are saying that it's all because of this like blowout fight that they have so there was talk on tmz and the interwebs about brandy um you know not attending her mom not attending the baby shower like because everyone knows like they're all like super duper like a close like too close in some ways, um, they're a very close, tight-knit family. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have, you know, an older sister and a mom who's just always in your business. So, you know, there you go. And his wife is just like, you need to mind your own business. Which, I'm not mad at her about that. Yeah, so, I don't know that I, yeah. Well, I mean, but again, the fact that all these, again, we've said this before with regard to viral stuff, um, that people these grown folk all play these things out all in the, on their social media. And, yeah. You know, like and that. Then, but a, then you get mad when someone got something to say. I'm like, right. Well, like you shouldn't you have, have, you know, yeah, it. right. Exactly. Um, so, um, and then, so Brandy did what Brandy does, which, you know, again, as talented, as underrated, as an unsung as Brandy is for like her contributions, she has been consistent in one th- thing and that's just being fake. She mm. is the queen of trying to like manage her image oh, to the okay. point where it's like too much. Like the whole like fake marriage thing when she got pregnant and like the reality show. And just I remember her and Ray J when they got punked and like the stuff that she was saying. I was just like, she was just has always just been too much and just kind of very like image forward. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, girl, just be who you are and let that be but anyway so brandy posts this on instagram which is what started which is like the viral thing that i kept saying this week okay this happened like a couple days ago or something brandy's post she has a picture of ray j and his wife princess love and it says congrats to my brother and sister on their baby and baby shower three baby bottles i'm very excited to be an auntie so sorry I missed this moment with the both of you. I had a show in Hampton, Virginia on the same day, but I'm so glad I was able to push my flight back for the gender reveal the day before. There is nothing here but love, and no matter what anyone says, we are family, and we will always be. Your beautiful bundle of joy will change our lives forever. Love you, Prinky, at Princess Love. And I love you, Infinity, at Ray J. May God continue to guide you and keep you. Hashtag forever Norwood. And so wow. there are, right, <laughs> over 600 comments when I, like, I'm screen grab <laughs> this. And then um, 
they have Princess Love who decided to um, comment on this oh, post. Lord. And she said, STFU. Wow. Posting this, I should post what you just texted me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. Did she, and did she? Or did, was that just a threat? <laughs> that was just a threat as okay. of press time tonight. Oh, <laughs> my this. word. I didn't see anything, but that doesn't mean that there's not something now or soon to be. So I was like, yeah, you can't. That's the thing with Brandy. She always get caught. She Mm. always tries to like, you know, like I said, like manage her image and do things. But she always does it with the wrong people. Like you Mm got to involve other people who are going to be complicit in your lie. Right. And you can't do that. Right. You know, that's, that's hard to do. Yeah. Um. So this girl who has nothing to lose and everything to gain by, you know, being taking her down. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of like you know she. I don't know what her talent is, but <laughs> you know. So I don't know what her <sighs> job is, or she's an Instagram. I don't know what her thing is, or she's an artist or some sort. I have no idea, but I just know that I've only heard of her in connection with love and hip hop. Mm, mm, mm. LA and I think she was his assistant or someone's assistant I don't know but I yeah that's too much it's it's crazy so I thought that was that was interesting and you know just word to the wise don't there's no need for all of that just there really isn't she didn't have to say anything like you know Brandy's like just don't say anything you don't have to no no one's you, you don't have to um just let it lie. Just let it lie. That's what I always say. You know, I watched that That's on the plane. I... Oh, um, did you? I love that I uh, had the Delta flight that was like a big plane that had the free movies oh, and TV. Yes, yes. The Del- so, yeah, they have some good stuff on there too. So I watched because I was like, gosh, my flight is only four hours. I have like, <laughs> there's so many movies I want to watch. So I ended up watching um, Pride and Prejudice, and then um, When Harry Met Sally. Oh my gosh, <laughs> two great classics. Great I, to go. I was so happy because I usually would watch Pride and Prejudice at least like once a month, and like I haven't seen it in a while, so I was like, hooray! Oh, so man, yeah, nice. Oh yeah, but When Harry Met Sally, possibly the most quotable movie in the history of movie making. It's so cool. Quotable. I was like going through, like just cracking up. I know, like little kid next to me is like, What is wrong with this woman? Like, this is a classic kid. Shut it. His mom was watching Shape of Water, which I was like, Good choice. Good choice. Um, He's watching some cartoon. I think he's watching Boss Baby. That's really funny. Yeah. We're all like, I barely got on the plane. It was great, though. But yeah, I was like, I guess I could talk about that too. There's just so many things this whole week. Um, anyway, so wait, tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Two quick things. I am not going to discuss the Donald Glover thing because honestly, this week I'm just not in the mood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my little things have to be quick and just like 
I just need to get through them. So um, the first one is Jill Scott winning over Trifling Negroes News. Okay. So, you know, much, this is very um, Mary J. Blige can do kind of um, vibes. Okay. So Jill Scott filed for a divorce from her husband of 15 months back in September. 15 months? Yeah, it was like kind of like a surprise wedding all of a sudden. I think it was like... Um, <laughs> surprise wedding, surprise divorce. <laughs> right. There was... God, who was it? It was like an 80s rapper that I was just like... Was it Big Daddy Kane or somebody who like performed at her wedding? It was someone like really cool. And I was like, <gasps> okay. So anyway. That's pretty and cool. And so, um, so, you know, she filed for divorce back in September citing... irreconcilable differences Uh and inappropriate marital conduct that such further cohabitation would be unsafe and improper. So that could mean a lot of things. It could mean cheating, it could be, you know, abuse, whatever. But, you know, that's kind of what the divorce paper said, and that leaves a lot to the imagination. So, um, of course, he's trying to um, take her for her paper. Of um, he wanted her to pay um, his legal fees about $6,500 he wanted the judge to throw out the prenup he wanted um, spousal support and he wanted uh, $500,000 for pain and suffering uh uh-uh. uh right so they've been married 15 months I mean and they have a prenup like he doesn't have a right to anything right this is like you were you were like with her when she was you know just coming become you know Jilly from mm-hmm. Philly right like on Roots album and singing hooks like you don't you didn't know you you know what weren't married to her back then like no then, you were just listening me. to her you were just, just like me to her like, on the radio like the rest of us <laughs> right like dude get out of here get so, out of town um, brother so one of the things um that he, he that you know kind of came also came also out of this like last month is he just had real loose lips he just had a whole lot to say about her so Aww. he said at the time he was blindsided by it um he said she's an evil woman i'm wow. telling you it's like what jill scott wants jill scott gets i'm like duh like i would i like to play like what Kristen was Kristen gets. Well, yeah <laughs> that sounds great to me that sounds anyway. like a good <laughs> i mean if that's, woman. if that's a plan that's out there, I'm signing up. Like, I'm so, right. Like, I haven't woman. found that plan yet, but I like it. I like it. So she's he's like, people are in her ear. And if someone comes in to challenge the dumb stuff, he didn't say stuff, they made me be the bad guy and they got me out of there. She's got issues. Um, some other things he says. She's got issues. There's no men in that family. There's only women. And when a man comes in, it's like a challenge. She likes to emasculate men. That's her problem. I told her she's from Philly, but I'm from New York. And if you want to try to disgrace me, try to slander me, I can fight dirty. So these are just some of the comments that he's made post-divorce. Right. So this past Monday, they met. because She fought in Tennessee. I don't know why. But um, anyway. Where were they staying? Okay, that's the thing, because, like, in her divorce paper, she said that he was unemployed, but he was like, oh, he's been um, employed with the city of Atlanta since 2011. Mm -hmm. It sounds like I didn't know that Jill Scott was in Atlanta, but 
I don't know. I I don't know. I have no idea, but she filed in Tennessee, mm. and they heard in Tennessee, and the judge denied his request mm-hmm. to pay the legal fees. Of course. And that the prenup will be honored. Of course. Um, also, last month, um, she, you know, um, he was, she was granted a gag order that banned him from speaking about her, their marriage, and the d- divorce proceedings. Dang. So, yeah. She's like, oh, all this evil woman, um, all this stuff, like, shutting you down. Just shut your, shut your face. So, um, <laughs> shut your face. Shut your mouth. And so there was a whole thing about her. She was like, she gave him what, a twenty thousand. Like she didn't just kick him out. She gave him because he was mad. He's like, the doors were, the locks were changed. Like my belongings were moved out and put in storage. Like, <laughs> oh, he, he sounds like he better be glad they weren't out on the sidewalk. Because I'm saying, like, she like actually had them packed up and put in storage for you. That's real nice. That's really that's, that's real nice. That's real yeah, nice. She was like, she gave him like twenty thousand dollars, so it was like she didn't just like throw him out. But he was like, oh, that twenty thousand dollars had to go to taking care of these certain expenses. So I didn't really see that money. I was like, but you did see it. You just owe people money. So it went to those people. <laughs> like right. that's what all money does. Like all money yeah. goes go- going somewhere. Yeah. And they were like, throughout the marriage, she put money in his account. Like, she gave him money. So, like, dude, yeah. you know, if you would have held in a little longer, 15 months, you would have still been riding that gravy train. But those are the privileges of being married to me. <laughs> Once you're no longer married to me. Right. You, you know, stops. I mean, that's just how, that's, that's pretty much how divorce works. So, yeah, like, go back for to better, your job. For better, for worse. And, you know, they don't have any kids together or anything. Boy, bye. Go get your job, or go back to your. Or job go back Atlanta, to your job, or whatever. City of Atlanta, or whatever you were doing, instead of being Mister Jill Scott. Yikes. So yeah, I'm not. I can't even remember his name, and I did not put it in here. So there we go. So that's well, how much basically how he will. He, <laughs> that is how he will be recorded in history as no one remembering who he is. Yeah, man. Well, that's okay. too bad. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to. Sorry that you had to go through this but yeah. amen woo, woo, good woo. job Jill Scott that you persevered persevered I mean obviously I hope you know hope she finds love obviously this, yeah, wasn't, this, this was not it no because I know she was married to the guy Lizelle the guy who inspired like the first album like all those wonderful songs Ooh, man that was a whole lot of inspiration oh, yeah it's like for about seven or eight years and then oh. She um was in a relationship with one of the drummers in her band, and that's where she had her little boy with him. I don't think they ended up getting married. They were engaged, and then she married this guy. And oh. yeah, so oh, it's Jill Scott, Jilly Jilly, just want you to be happy, girl. I'm lucky in love. I'm lucky in love, but you know, keep the music coming. It's <laughs> like um, this next album's gonna be fire. No, mm. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep, all that pain, yep. all that tribulation, be producing some art. Mm-mm. Although her love songs are good too, so I will say because yeah, that um, yeah, her love songs are good too. She's happy; oh, they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's not quite like Mary J. Blige, where she has to yeah, be angry. Yeah, she's got to be going music. through. Yeah, she's got yeah. to be going through. When she's in love, like there's there's good music too. So yeah, okay, Aww. um, yeah, hate to see that happen, but I'm glad you know. Yeah, he didn't get a sticker for her paper. Okay. 
okay. The next, like, okay, now I'm trying to, you're, like, inspiring me to come up with little, like, um, headlines or whatever. So my next one is, like, <laughs> they're not I'm your muse. <laughs> yeah, but I, I told you that, like, Bestie was like, who writes y'all little Facebook posts? They're so funny. <laughs> I was like, that is all Drea. That's funny. Aww, like, so she lives for that. I was like, I know she's like, I was like, I'll tell her she's so happy. So okay, nice. so my next one, the lines on are no longer blurred. <laughs> okay. I like it. Okay. So you know that, you know, there was a whole court case from um, Marvin Gaye's estate. Yeah. Regarding blurred lines mm-hmm. and they sued Robin Thicke and Pharrell. Mm-hmm. So by a two to one vote, the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled with Marvin Gaye's estate, okay, and awarded them a five point three million dollar judgment. Ooh. Yes, for copying part of the composition of his song "Got to Give mm-hmm. It Up." Um, mm-hmm. and they said that um, the song was entitled to broad cop- copyright protection since there is not an absolute absence of evidence of the songs being similar. So they're like, you know, they kind of use like the broadest go because they're like, you can't really say that they're not (laughs) similar. Because honestly, when I hear that song, that's the first thing I hear. Well, got to give it up. Yeah. The intro. Yeah. The intro. I don't understand how it was. I, I didn't even feel like they had plausible deniability because when you play the two tracks, back to back it doesn't sound like there's any difference <laughs> like, it doesn't like it's, so, it sounds like it's literally just like two different recordings of the same thing you know like it just there's not there's no it's almost seamless yeah and then the fact that there's like someone like a Pharrell who's like yeah Pharrell that's a producer like yeah. it's like you know better. you know yeah you, you know like that you knew that it reminded you of a Marvin Gaye song you know it was gonna remind everybody and their grandma when they heard it like oh yeah baby mm-hmm, uh-huh. I remember mm-hmm. this yeah uh-huh. so um, yeah so there was one dissenting judge who said that oh gosh I'm like okay lady <laughs> she said they differed in melody harmony and rhythm I was like I disagree disagree uh, <laughs> yeah no nope. and it, yeah, nope. And she accused the other two judges of letting the gay estate accomplish what no one has before. Copyright a musical style. I was like, again, no. stop being dramatic and no. No, it was more than just a style. It literally is the same. Sounded, yes. Uh, you I was cannot. like, clearly she was never at the cookout you were, listening to Got to Give It Up. No. So No, and now she's never know, getting invited to the cookout, so she's really you're never going to How dare you? How dare you? The how gay dare state. you? You are never getting yeah. invited to the cookout. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, also I had to pick out of this because T.I. was also charged in this. And somehow, as always, he managed to escape unscathed. Um now wait, how, oh, what did Tia have to do with it? He did a little like verse, like um, I think the remix. He has like a little rap, like a little verse in the song. So he okay. was sued too, but they said you know it was such a small part that they dropped him. And I was like, again, Ti gives off, gets off unscathed while everybody else pays the consequences. Not Ti gets off unscathed. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, yeah, no, she, yeah, that that lady doesn't know what she's talking about. She's she knows what she's talking about. So that was like the other thing, and I was like, she doesn't know what's going on. Ha ha. Ha ha. I cracked myself up. You are funny. Yeah, she's she's just gonna have to give it up. <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> okay, talk talk about personal stuff. Okay, this might be one of those episodes. I keep saying that, you know, this might be one of those episodes where we finish early. I mean, we're not. Okay, go on. <laughs> what happened to you? Let's just be honest. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what happened to me? Okay, so my personal thing is from this past weekend. I had so much fun with our friends, our mutual friends, Annette and Falana. Um, you got permission was... to use their names? No, but I will. Damn it. <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know who you are out there. Um, so it was um, Annette's birthday weekend, so we... Um, um, coordinated to get her out of town for a night and um we drove up to the central coast to Morro bay which i've i i have been to the central coast um and um for those who are not california savvy basically um the the coastal area that's about three hours uh north of la three and a half hours north of LA and about three hours south of San Francisco is considered the central coast. And so that's everything from like Pismo Beach, Avila Beach, Cambria, Morro Bay, Royal Grande, like that whole stretch of, of beach and coastline around there. Um, and it's just a series of like really sweet little um, sleepy beach towns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had never been to Morro Bay, although I've been to, to Pismo and Avila and, and San Luis Obispo is right there too, mm-hmm. a little, you know, so it's all, you know, one big stretch. So we went up there and it was, um, it's like I said, it's been raining um, here. Um, it's just like winter decided to come like on um, at the beginning of spring, essentially. <laughs> so we've been having all this rain. Um, and um, so it was definitely rainy, but nice. Like it ended up clearing up and we ended up with some really like clear sunny skies on we went up on Friday it was raining that day but Saturday was like brisk and cold but like clear and sunny like my favorite kind of weather and um we just had a really nice time hanging out and eating and you know shopping and you know just girls weekend out but um the one of the big highlights for me was on our way home we stopped in this little town in the little town of Solvang. Now, for two things for background. Solvang is like um, this little Danish town. It's um, all, it's like, it's all, that's like, that's the theme. Like there's windmills and Swedish cuisine and it looks like a little like, you know, little cottage-like town. Um, and that's their whole shtick. And so uh, it's a real tourist touristy place and the last time the second background piece the last time that I had been to Solvang was when I was a little girl I was about eight years old and um 
So my parents decided to drive us up to Solvang. And one of the things um, that's actually not in Solvang proper, but it's right off the highway when you get to what that you, the exit that you take to get to Solvang, there's this place called um, Pea Soup Anderson's. And it's uh, also like this kind of, you know, um, Danish theme cafe. It's really like a diner, you know, like kind of classic American cafe um, in terms of style. But it's like they have like a, a combination of like Danish food and American fare. But they're known like they're famous for their pea soup. Now, uh, 36 years ago when I went with my parents, I, you know, had never been there before. And my parents were just ridiculous because they knew that I was a very finicky eater, a very finicky eater. I would often have food put in front of me and I would, would not taste it, much less eat it. Like I was that kid. So we drove up and the whole way, like I said, it's about a three and a half hour, four hour uh, ride from L.A., and I remember my parents, like, talking up this pea soup. Now, mind you, they were talking it up because they knew that I wouldn't like it. So they were just going on and on about it. Oh, we're going to get up to Anderson's, and oh, we're going to have the pea soup. It's going to be so delicious, so exciting, to the point where I was actually, like, genuinely excited about this soup. Like, I thought, like, okay, we're going to go have this, like, delicious meal, and we're going up to this new place and all this sort of thing. <laughs> And also, it dealt, once you start getting closer, like once you're like about an hour and a half out from from getting there to the exit, that's one of those things where you see that like they have billboards like every, mm -hmm. I would say like every 10 miles or so. Every like where that say like, you know, you're this much closer to Anderson's Pea Soup and Pea Soup Anderson's and, you know. 47 miles and just, you know, take exit, whatever for, you know, I mean, so there's all this buildup on the highways and the signs are really cute because they have like these like cartoony characters that are like their little um, mascots, you know? Anyway, so the signs are building it up. My parents are talking it up. Every time we see a sign now, they're like, oh, we know it's going to be great. So of course we get there. I'm all hyped. And we sit down, you know, pea soup all around, <laughs> you know. And they bring back this plate to this eight-year-old finicky eater that is literally, as far as I was concerned, a bowl of green slop. And I, like, burst into tears. Like, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so unappetizing like you know I mean you've seen pea soup it doesn't look like it's gonna be good and, and so, I'm a very very <clears throat> adventurous eater and I refuse to eat it I refuse and I like peas I refuse to eat it because it just looks gross it looks gross so of course they put this plate down in front of me and it's this like pea colored mushy looking bowl of soup and I was just I was so so upset so I burst into tears I refused to eat it my mom's pissed off my dad's trying to like calm my mom down they get into a fight <laughs> it was a disaster it was absolutely awful um and I you know I don't I'm sure I did not eat it I'm sure I did not have any they probably you know 
I'm sure they had the usual argument where I threw a fit, my mom got mad, my dad got mad at her, and eventually they were just not speaking to each other, and my dad ordered me something else, and my mom was pissed that he gave in to me. Um, we Sounds familiar. Pretty much, pretty, much every, yeah, pretty much every fight they ever had with mm-hmm. regard to me had something to do with that pattern. So anyway. Yeah, sounds very familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So daddy's little girl, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my memory of solving and of the uh, pea soup Andersons. And so the girls and I this past weekend decided to redeem solving and redeem the pea soup Andersons. So that's what we did. We went to solving. We had such a nice time. They were in the middle of their taste of solving. So we just like walked around and, um, checked out all the shops and it was so much fun. And then um, we, we, you know, we spent the day in Solvang, and when we were done there, we got back in our car and drove over to the Pea Soup Andersons, where I ordered a bowl of the famous Andersons Pea Soup, and I am here to say it is delicious. It was savory, hearty, and satisfying. And eight-year-old self, you were wrong. Um, Mom and dad, you were right. And so let the record show um, that um, if you're ever in Southern California on the Central Coast and want to do something kind of cool and touristy, stop by Solvang and treat yourself to a bowl of Anderson's delicious pea soup. Um, there was no money exchanged, um, <laughs> provided for this ad for Anderson and Pea Soup, the restaurant. This is the yes. opinion and the opinion of uh, one Andrea. Yes. Yes. I have not received anything in exchange for this review. Um, I, um, I just, I just want to say, I would, you know, I would, sometimes you look back and you were wrong and this is one of those times. Um, but I would also like to say we are accepting sponsors. So if someone wants to so, get yeah. food, um, we're um, right mm-hmm. Anderson's <laughs> pea soup. Um, you know, hey, this is quite the story. I think you guys could, you know, well, we could help you out. Mm-hmm. It's a cute little yeah, place. We could too. help them out. <laughs> well, yeah, we could help them out because clearly they need help. Um, so yeah, so that was that's my let's get personal this week. I had so much fun with my girls. Um, out um over the weekend and um and and then you know made some new memories re- redeemed the little town of solving um from my eight-year-old uh, self so there you go very nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so me my personal well one of the reasons um we couldn't tape last week was because there was a death in my family. Mm-hmm. My aunt, um, who was very much like a sister to me, my parents um, raised her the majority of their life because their parents, my mom's parents died uh, while she was fairly young, mm-hmm. um, passed away on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, last Monday, I found out that um, 
her daughter had to put her in hospice. And so I kind of spent most of Monday trying to figure out a way to get out to um, Arizona to see her. Had that worked out. Was coming out on Monday. And she passed away this past Thursday. So I still um, came on out. And because, you know, that was when that happened, I found out about... Thursday afternoon, I was on my way um, to meet a client, and that's when I found out. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, a really great day up until that point. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to settle in and just be at home by myself and just, you know, decompress. And I was like, Andrea, yeah, this ain't happening. You weren't mm-hmm. feeling well anyway. Oh, yeah, I had so, it. I was recovering from a cold anyhow, but even still, it didn't really matter. It was more so, you know. you. Yeah, and so I was just like, yeah, I'm not you know, up to that, like, I can't even, like, <laughs> talk without crying, so I was like, yeah. Yeah, there's no way that, um, that's gonna happen, so, you know, and then, kind of, you know, so that's something I talked about also previously, is that March is already yeah. a hard month for me, because, well, today is actually my dad's birthday, Aww. birthday daddy. Aww. happy birthday, uh, Mr. Haynes. Yeah, and then, my mother passed away three days after my dad's oh. birthday, which <laughs> is March 25th. So this week was already like a challenging week. And oh. it's kind of compounded by my aunt passing away kind of 10 days before my mom's kind of death anniversary. And so oh. it's just been a whole lot. So I decided even though um, to not change my ticket to just come out for the funeral, just to come out and, you know, help where I can and, just kind of spend time with family and um, just be here. Uh Um, Because, you know, I kind of know what it's like to go through this and so any help that I can give my cousin, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I can do it. And I have kind of like the flexible schedule where Uh I can do this where a lot of people can't. So that's what it is. That's why I'm in Arizona and I'll be here through – you know, next week we'll be taping. I'll be back to my usual um, location. I would, um, I'm going to not probably do my Myrtle, my beach trip, because I don't want to drive. It's a pretty long drive. So I'm oh. probably just going to just recover from the this past week and just stay at home and, you know, get some work done, although I'm working here. And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny because, you know, there's a, I keep thinking it's a two hour time difference, but it's three hours again because they don't they fall don't do back. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I got them mixed up. <clears throat> and so okay. I'm thinking, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, it's not that early. It's not that early. But I was like, okay, I'm getting phone calls at six thirty seven o'clock in the morning because people are like, oh, this is like a normal time to call somebody for right. business. So I'm just like up and the little boy cousin has two little boys, one six and one seven. And they're like, you're up and you're here on your computer already? You're working? What are you doing? Like, why are you up so early? <laughs> and it's and I am on East Coast time, babies. Right, because it's usually funny because they're usually the ones who are like, wake up. It's wake up time. The sun's mm-hmm. out. It's time to get up. But mm-hmm. then they're like, you up already? Gosh. And you're working on your computer? Cute. So, yeah, so that was funny. But, yeah, I've just been kind of out of it all week and to the point where I text you guys. I text you. I text some, you know, people. <laughs> and I, my flight was supposed to leave on 
was it Monday at like 8.15, and somehow I was at Hartsville Airport on Sunday night at about 7.30. Somehow I woke up, and because daylight savings time is tricky and my phone was dead, I thought I had overslept and that it was 7 o'clock in the morning and that I was really going to miss my flight. So there was a lot of rushing and throwing things in bags, luckily. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just hanging out with family. It's not like I'm going anywhere or seeing anybody. Um, and luckily they were able to change my flight so I didn't have to go back home and then come back in the morning. So I ended up, you know, getting here 12 hours or so early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it actually worked out because, you know, I went with them to make a rent, you know, to go to the funeral home and make arrangements and so there was going to be a who's going to pick her up from the airport kind of thing because they had made an appointment at nine so there was like a whole thing so it all actually ended up working out because mm, I was uh-huh. super stressed out that I was going to miss my flight because I got to the airport at 7 30 my flight was leaving at 8 15 and I was like oh my god I'm gonna miss a flight and I was like lord I was like I know it's gonna work out I'm not gonna stress about it and he did work it out in a truly <laughs> unique way that only the Lord can, because mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I see you, because like I accidentally called a fellow while I was in line in um the TSA, and so because Delta has like even their um TSA, they they have like you know a priority line uh-huh. <laughs> and like a regular line that's right. like separate from pretext. So I was in the priority line, and um. I accidentally called him and I was like, Oh, I didn't mean to call you, but okay, this is what's happening. So I told him the whole story. He's like, Okay, you need to sit down somewhere. I was like, Well, it's fine now. Like, I'm good. He's like, You're doing too much. You know, da 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 da. Like his usual, like, five phrases that he always says, You're doing too much. You need to sit down somewhere. Blah, blah, blah. And then got the phone. I was like, It's, you know, it's settled. This is what's going to happen. This is what's happening. Da 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 da. He's like, All right, okay, cool. And then I hung up. And all he did was send me like a laughing emoji. I was like, "Really?" Yes, really. Because it is like, ridiculous. I was like, "That's not nice." But he did say all this on the phone, but he just couldn't like help but like, "Oh, really? yeah." So really. yeah, now it's like a thing that's floating around the family. So whenever I talk to anybody, they like, "Okay, so what happened? You at the airport? Like, you got there like real early?" So yeah, so now it's become like a thing. But like, whatever. I love it. I love it. Whatever. I'm like eating my Biscoff cookies and <laughs> my fancy pretzels and ginger ale on my flight. Um. Well, yeah. It was. It, it that was hysterical. I got when I got your text message explaining what happened. I was just like, all I could do is shake my head. I was like, oh wow. And I was actually over at the coop at um, Annette's for The Walking Dead. <clears throat> so that's where I was when I, and so I, I think I got your text on the way there, looked at it and was like, I cannot. And, <laughs> and, um, and so then when I got to Annette's, you know, we have dinner before we watch The Walking Dead or whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, girl, let me show you this text from our friend. And she was like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you know, it goes with our whole number 13 thing, the unlucky number 13. Okay, sure. I mean, it's just all kind of part and parcel, you know, like, 
it was an awful day last Thursday, mm-hmm. ter- getting terrible news, followed up by like crazy hijinks. Just a yeah. little, sti- little stitious. Little stitious. I'm glad I'm here. I am. Yeah, I'm just so tired and I don't want to work, but I have to work, so. <laughs> yeah, you do have to work. You and everybody else. You and the yeah. rest of us. Um, <sighs> Lord, so I was like, I need to go to bed so I can get up early because tomorrow's Friday. And so there's lots of stuff I need to have to make sure it's done before we get into the weekend. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good that you're there and everything worked out. Mm-hmm. So it's no worries. And so, yeah, so we skipped number 13. This is number 14. And that's okay because if it's good enough for hotels, it's good enough for us. That's what I say. <laughs> but it is true. It. Like, huh? I'm sorry, I'm while I'm eating my um with your Cheez Its, you're driving me crazy. So many Cheez Its. Um I didn't mean to get so Cheez Its are gross. Yeah, I don't really like I like a Cheez It, maybe two, but I can't eat a bunch of Cheez It. What's wrong with you? They're delicious. I wanted to I had a recipe that popped up up on Facebook again about um Making your own Cheez-Its, and one day I want to be that together where I can do that. That's that seems like right up your alley. It is. I also saw this fabulous recipe, and now that I am in the South for my next little social gathering, I'm going to make them. They're called Firecracker Crackers or something like that. Firecracker crackers? Yeah, or firecrackers or something like that. It's like (laughs) things that people do to saltines in like the South and the Midwest where they jazz juice up the saltine. And so, yeah, it's like all kind of stuff you put on it and then you bake the cracker. So it's like kind of like the thing of a Cheez-It or like a cracker that has some kind of flavoring or seasoning on it. And so what they do with the saltines, I was like, that sounds great. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, I want to do that. Um, You were saying something before you mentioned Cheez-Its. I don't know, girl. You were like, I love that something, and then you remembered you were eating Cheez-Its. I'm sure. I'm, like, really fading fast. Um, It's, Um, like, almost one thirty at home. Oh, I was going to say this. Oh, also the cool thing about... Um... It's not a cool thing. I'm trying to think of the word. See, I'm so tired. Like the, like the, it's not, I can't find the word, but like, it kind of gives you the ahs about, you know, kind of this sort of thing is, you know, you always find yourself going through old pictures mm-hmm. and, you know, like reliving memories. So that's been good. You know, I've posted a bunch of them on Facebook for my family. Oh, those are fun. Um, Oh my gosh! And I was like, "Why is every?" It is kind of Easter. And I was like, "Why is every picture of like us at Easter?" <laughs> That's a big family gathering where people take pictures. It is. So it was like a bunch of different years, like of us taking Easter pictures. Everyone in their Easter dress and their little baskets. It is so cute. So there's just many variations of that. And I also found some junior high school pictures. 
um, that I share with everyone. Oh, they were so rough. Rough. Girl, I was like, oh, Lord, so wonderful that we're all, like, so cute right now. Yeah, because man. Back then, I was like, oh, my God, we were very young, and we were just all, like, rough. And one of my, my little um, ninth grade boyfriend wasn't on um, Facebook, but I sent him <laughs> pictures on Instagram. Uh-huh. And he was, I was like, dude, <laughs> good grief. Wow. And he was like, good grief is right because it was like pictures of like like us like it's something on campus but then like going to like our little ninth grade dance and like all that kind of stuff and I was like good grief he was like oh good grief (laughs) man crazy yeah I yeah there's nothing there's it's just that it's you know what that whole middle school Pure era of anyone's life is just just kind of this irredeemable time. (laughs) Yeah, and my whole thing and everything, even if I was wearing a cute outfit, it was like the hair was crazy. But the worst thing is my glasses. I was like, I had the worst glasses growing up because I had like such a strong prescription. So Uh like I could, my parents like would get me like these. There were only so many like lenses I could get and. They were always like the old librarian lady glasses in the nineties and eighties. They were horrible. So even if like I was cute that day, like my glasses were never cute. So oh, man, that's rough. I look at those pictures and I'm just like <sighs> So awful. I know. It's just like right in the middle of your face. And the thing is, honestly, like in the eighties and nineties, like that was not a good era for eyeglass frames anyway. Um, you know, so it's not like you, you know, it probably, it probably didn't help to have like a heavy prescription, but I'm sure there weren't that many choices outside of that. But the thing is like, once I got to like 10th grade, mm-hmm. like it was better. And then like in college, I wore contacts all during college or whatever. And then since then, like I have my classes look that I'm kind of dedicated yeah. to. But, well, yeah, um, now, now it's sort of your, uh, it's your thing. Yeah, it's my thing. And I was like, people were like, you don't wear contacts? And I was like, no. And I was like, thinking like in like in college, like I nearly killed myself racing to get to the doctor to get contacts before the weekend started. And now like I'm just like, mm, no, I'm good. I like my glasses. <laughs> they're my they're my thing. They're totally your thing. I can't imagine you without glasses. Yeah, and I was like, I haven't even taken pictures without glasses in so long. So I'm just kinda like yeah, I'm like I always have it on. So, my favorite ones are the pictures of little Kristen. So oh little, so cute. Your little oh. long legs. Your legs are long even when you were little. Okay, that's what the fellow said. He was like, "You were tall even as a baby." Yeah, you were like a tall toddler. I was like, "How is that even possible? What the hell?" <laughs> and I was like, "I wasn't tall. It was just that people were holding me long after I should be held." Oh God! That's what I'm sticking to. Yeah, I don't okay. feel like I was a tall toddler. You but were. Yeah, you're I... super long. <laughs> all these pictures. It's like all legs, and then like your little head. It's like, oh my God, Kristen, what in the world? You were. I'm like, okay, I am. He's like, God, you're tall. Like, <laughs> you were a baby. You were. You were like one of those kids that people were like, oh yeah, she's gonna be tall. Like, they called it early, you know? <laughs> like, 
yeah, I was like, I guess. So that was too funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I love the little Kristen. My little dresses. Birthday party, so yeah. Lots of fun memories. So fun. So yeah, so this is nice. Um, Yeah, no, I feel like that's always like the part of, you know, I mean, obviously anytime there's a loss in the family, it's difficult for a million reasons. But mm. this part of it, like this part of the coping process of going through photos and reminiscing and doing life review, and it's just so cathartic and, and you know, it's just this this strange kind of nostalgic, reminiscent joyfulness that comes from being able to dip into all this stuff, and you know, it just it helps. It just helps. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, I'm kind of going a little crazy trying to make sure everything's perfect. And I mean, the I heard the cemetery that she's going to be in, it's like small and like it has like a chapel there. It's small, it's not far from where they, too far from where they live. And it's just really beautiful and like peaceful. Oh. And you know, she'll be by a tree. And mm. it's just really, it's like a lovely, um, you know, place. So I was just like, you know, I love cemeteries. And that's what I told her. Like, oh. while we were going, we were on the golf cart going to mm-hmm. her plot. I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been to, <laughs> we went to Louisville last year, went to that cemetery where uh-huh. Colonel Sanders and Muhammad, Muhammad Ali are. So it's uh-huh. like, yeah, it's like there's a really, you know, beautiful and just like, I like looking at, it's so weird, but I love looking at, like, the tombstones uh-huh. and, like, seeing, like, you know, who people are and, like, the sentiments that their families, you know, kind of put on their headstones. And it's, I know this is very silly, but there was one where it was, you know, a double headstone. The man had passed, the husband had passed away, the wife had not. And, um... They listed all their children's name and all their grandchildren's name. And I was like, what are they going to do if they end up having more grandchildren? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to me, but I was just like, um, that may not be necessarily all the grandchildren. The other grandchildren was like, mm, well, you just got left off because, you know, when Papa died, like, you know, it was just us. So we ain't going back and itching no more names on here. Y'all oh, need to stop that's really kids. funny. Yeah, y'all just need to stop now. This is mm-hmm. yeah. Enough. This uh, is the legacy. The rest of you guys don't count. So. Uh, <laughs> I um, I you know, it's the one thing that you know, because I always talk about how like I don't. Well, I when when this topic comes up, I should say I always am still sort of like you know, debating like what do I want? Like I feel like I kind of lean toward um. Uh, cremation but you know but the one thing that sort of pulls me in the direction of burial is this whole idea of having a headstone because I really want to have like a if I if I were to do that I want to have like a clever like headstone well the thing is like they have those little like where she is they have um little kind of like wall um like kind of like there's like a little garden and there's like these little walls kind of like around a little small um not like a mausoleum because they're not the entire like casket it's just it's for ashes Mm 
And so they're mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. people donate things to like a hospital. They do like a little plaque. So they're kind of mm-hmm. set up like that. So people like put stuff on those. So I was like, oh, those are nice. I haven't seen those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they have like a, a variety of different like things at this particular. Mm-hmm. And not just like the big Muslims. Because I, uh, I think my uncle's in one of those. But just like for the, no, he's not, his, his wife was like big. Um, yeah, mausoleum, so very nice. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm still, I debate that, but but then I feel like there's, you know, then I feel like there's pressure to like really, you know, think of something clever to put on your gravestone. It's the last thing you're going to think well, Especially about. you. Well, just so you know, that's all folks is, you know, taken. That's how it's taken. There's the one that I've seen that makes me always laugh is the one that says, I told you I was sick. Yeah, so there's just, you know, there's so many, like... You have the rest of your life to think of something. <laughs> I do. I like, I spent the rest of my life thinking of what I wanted to write on here. You're, this is what I came up with. You have such a high bar because you're very clever when it comes to naming things. The little turns of phrases and little witty That's things. That's right. So, like, yeah, you set the bar high, my friend. So. I know, I know, I know. It's 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 rough. It's rough. Okay. Um, so, alrighty, let's end this. <laughs> Maybe that's what my head's down to say. <laughs> it's like, all right, peeps, I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Deuces. That's, that's me. That's what I'm gonna do. Deuces. Deuces, and I'm out. Audi 5,000. Audi 5,000. Peace. Two fingers. Two fingers. Okay. Oh, my word. That is it. Hold on. I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm too busy cracking up, and I don't have my... My things. Okay, we have like thirty seconds. Like I'm trying oh my to. Oh I know. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Wait. Tell me everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find us on Pocket Cast, Google Play, Overcast, and Apple Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, help us get the word out. Get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at Wait Tell Me Pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at Wait Tell Me Everything at gmail.com.